What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. And you are locked on Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage you can find anywhere. And the Green Bay Packers are 1-0 after being the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-23 on Sunday. And to talk about it, I'd like to introduce you to Keith Rordank, who's covered the team for more than 20 years and is one of my right-hand guys at Packer Report. How you doing, Keith? Hey, real good, Bill. How are you doing? Real good. Hell of a game. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you what, it was, uh, I don't know if it was more exciting than I thought, or, or just maybe exciting in a different way. I wasn't ready for that Jags defense to play so tough. Well, you know, I, I kind of was, that's why, that's why I picked Green Bay to lose. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, thought, I thought Jacksonville's defense was going to be good, and I thought Green Bay's offense would be a bit out of sync after not practicing or not playing much in the preseason, so I, I got that part of it right, but I didn't think the Green Bay's defense would, uh, would handle things so well. You know, and everything gets tougher in that heat. I mean, my gosh, they said it was 100 degrees down on the field. I, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. I know um, Bill and you and I both played uh, uh, football at the, at the high school and you at the college level. And, and man, you, you hate playing those games in full pads. And I just, but I, I've never been in any kind of heat like that. That's just oppressive. So, you know, for the defensive line to rotate and, and for guys to withstand some of those uh, extended drives, I, I think that was impressive. But, you know, we saw Jacksonville do it with some big plays, and I mean, there's there's work to be done. I mean, this was a this was definitely a, a good week one win against a tough opponent on the road, but there's there's not going to be any shortage of things to work on. No, that's a good point. I, let, let's let's start with the offense. That's there seems to be a lot to work on there. Where you know, Green Bay had the ball nine times. If, if you get rid of that take and knee drive at the end, when when they got a first down, they scored all five times. The other four drives were three and out punts, so it's it's kind of like it was last year. Now I, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I expected such up and down mediocrity from that group. You know, I think though is, isn't this kind of what you get with based on the preseason we just had? We we barely saw Rodgers. We didn't see any Nelson. Um, it's great to talk about how how many years those guys have played together, but I think I think we saw some of you know what we thought we might see, which is just. Those guys were a little bit out of sync. There was that one play where, you know, Nelson went out to the side. I think it was a, a third down, and, and he dove, and Rodgers underthrew him a little bit, and, and they came up short. And, and that's the kind of thing where, you know, sure, they have chemistry, and sure, they have a, a body of work of having played together. But, I mean, it's, they haven't played together in, you know, pretty long time. So yeah, that's going to take time to come back for sure. But I'll I'll tell you what, that, that aside, I, I sure like the, the new and improved uh, P90X Eddie Lacy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he's lost any weight. I mean, he looks like he still looks gigantic to me, and you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't have that ability to go back in my mind's eye and, and think, well, how did he look last year? I mean, he looks huge, but he looks better. I mean, my goodness, I mean, he got through those holes and that that screen pass where and she been a loss of five and said it was a gain of seventeen. I mean, he looked. Looks like I meant business out there. Oh yeah, that was the one where uh, the defensive back. I don't. I don't know if he bounced off Lacey or Lacey bounced off him, but he came in for a hit and 
Lacey bounced back and kept his feet and just kept on going. And yeah, you're right. I mean, Lacey's always going to look like a like a, a you know big thick porterhouse steak. But <laughs> you know, it's, I think maybe it's just distributed differently. I, I do feel like last year he had, you know, there there certainly was that unflattering shot that that made its way around the internet. But he did look a little you know a little bigger in the middle last year. And I don't know now he just looks maybe maybe bigger all over. And he sure seemed like he was moving good. So. I don't know, you know, on one hand, it took Nelson a while to, to kind of get in the groove before he was coming up with some plays, but Lacey, Lacey looked pretty good, I think, right from the get-go, and, and certainly on, on the big play you mentioned, and then the other one, that big burst up the middle. Yeah, that burst up the middle is terrific, you know, he's, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise, I mean, I mean he's a different guy, I mean, he's not bad guy, he's just different, and, you know, you know I don't think he loves football or anything, but, you know, he, everybody loves money, and he's got a lot of money at stake. I, I, that's just probably what you expect, right? You, you expect Lacey to be a better version of himself, and I, I think I think it's it certainly bodes well for the for the balance that this that this team is uh, that is searching for. I think so, and, and yeah, I'm going I'm going back and uh, and looking at notes. I think that was a 29 yarder, but you know, you you make a good point, and I think I you know I'm sure you've said it to people, and I've said it to people, and and you know, fans don't always know how to take that, but Lacey. Lacey never was a guy that, that struck me, and, and you and I have had this talk, as somebody that loved football. I think he likes football. I think he knows it's a great way to make a living, but he's not one of those guys that is just the, the single-track mind, eat, sleep, breathe football. Um, he's really not. Now, that said, he's great at it, and I think he realizes that he's got a great opportunity at hand, and he's not going to play this you know, for 10, 15, 20 years, most likely, but... He's in a contract year, and and yeah, I think he's. It, it's so funny because it, you know I think you go, you go back to his rookie year and you, you go back two years ago, and and think how you thought he was one of the the great young backs in the league and one of the emerging, you know, one of these emerging stars. And then last year you're like, ah, what is going on? So it's 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 a weird feeling to watch him this year when you feel like he's improved so much, but really he's just he's just showing us the player he was two years ago and. I mean, if the Packers really do have Super Bowl aspirations, they need that guy from two years ago, and they need that guy who's playing for a new contract, and they need that guy who, even if he doesn't love it, is at least reinvigorated by it and, and maybe motivated by, you know, kind of the disappointing year he had last year. You're right. You know, what I love about Lacey, though, I mean, he is, you know, McCarthy always talks about three down backs. I mean, he is so good in the passing game. I mean, never mind that screen pass, but, I mean, he, you need someone to go block. I mean, he might again. He might not love football. He might not, like you said, eat, breathe, and sleep it. But he always knows who to block. He always makes the block, and he's just a guy that he's just blessed with with a football IQ and football ability that a lot of guys just don't have. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, yeah, we saw it. It's it's going to be a great year if this was a taste of of the Eddie Lacy that that we're going to see the rest of the year. And you know, and and. Let's not discount that he had some good holes to run through, too. And, you know, I think for all the conversation about Josh Sitton leading up to this game, and, and certainly it was a worthwhile conversation because it, it still, I, I think both of us were, were absolutely stunned. Lane Taylor wasn't much of a story, and Lane Taylor didn't get mentioned much. And all things considered, I think that's a, that's a big win for him. Yeah, when you're, when you're going up against Malik Jackson, the Jaguars paid, what, $85 million to and, you know, he he gave the one pressure that we saw, and you know, I know I know Lacey helped a few times there, but you know, look at that fourth and one early in the game, right behind Lane Taylor and Bakhtiari, and Lacey gets nine yards, and, and you're right, 
if you're not talking about your guard, it's like if you're not talking about your long snapper, you feel pretty good about things. It's a heck of a good debut against a heck of a good player. And I think you think, I think you got to feel a lot better now than we did after that uh, the Kansas City preseason game where he got penalized three times again for sack. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, when you when you think of games like that, and you and you think of some of the some of the time he got in last year, I mean, it, it was fair for fans and and probably his own teammates to to be a little concerned. I mean, he's coming in, he's replacing a, a three time Pro Bowler, a guy who's you know obviously one of the the upper echelon interior linemen in the league. So. Those are some big shoes to fill, but he didn't. He didn't need to come in and, and play like Josh Sitton. He just needed to come in and and do a good job and be you know average to above average and not make mental mistakes and you know not make those penalties. And again, I think with that heat, I'm sure that just exacerbates everything. But you know, clearly he was ready to play and he was up to the challenge. And and yeah, it was a it was a pretty steep challenge. I mean, that was he was going up up against a, you know again a premier defender and and I think. You know, aside from that play you mentioned, he definitely held his own. So, you know, again, it, it was good to see. It was it was a tight, exciting game, and um, we haven't even got into the defense yet. You know, one more thing on Taylor is, you know, when they cut him, I talked to a guy, a, a league guy who knows a lot going on. And he said, where, "Where it's really going to hurt him, and this is where it didn't hurt him, but where he thought it hurt him is he, you know, Riders are so good at extending plays, and he thought, you know, what's made Riders so good at it is." He doesn't care about his tackles because that Sitton, Lindsley, and Lang were so good that he could step up into the pocket and it was a really good pocket and he could step up and then go left or right. And, and that's where he thought the impact with Taylor would be that he was wondering if Rodgers would be able to step up. I mean, he had no, Rodgers did whatever he wanted to do, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's so funny. We always talk about how good Aaron Rodgers is with his legs. But when, when we talk about Rodgers hurting teams with his legs, He's not, he's not running around to the end or, or breaking the pocket and scrambling. It's all that extra time he buys himself. It's all, you know, it, it'd be fun to, you know, some kind of ESPN sports science to measure how far Rodgers is running on a play when he's really just yeah. back and forth and the stepping up and the stepping back two steps and the stepping to the right and the cutting to the left. And, you know, we saw him do that countless times today, including the sensational play where he literally has a, a blitzing Jalen Ramsey grabbing the back of his jersey, and he's still stepping up and letting that ball go. And I mean, I feel like that was the play of the game. I feel like that was maybe one of the best throws he's ever made. I mean, look, I so, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's got he's got Ramsey on his back. He's got Jared Odrick, who's a hell of a good player, right in his face, and he throws it. It was a twenty-nine yard touch. So, you know, the ball goes thirty-five yards on, on a line. I mean, it was one of his. You know what? He doesn't throw the ball in the coverage like that either. I mean, that was a. It was almost. It was kind of a gutsy throw by his standards. It was a, maybe one of the best he's ever made, in my opinion. I really think. I, I really think so. You know, when you when you put it in perspective like that, you start thinking. That's a good point. I mean, just the 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 people he had in front of him getting pulled on, trying to get his feet set, and again, just just making that throw. And you know, if you're if you're ever doubting his place among uh, among NFL quarterbacks, I mean, cue up that tape. That was. That really was one of the best throws I've seen him make, and yeah, it's, uh, again, it's uh, it's it's good to see that kind of thing in Week One with the, with the defense that you know I get to think too. You know, they they knew how good this defense was, but when they got down there, I mean, that defense was you know they they played like they expected to win this game. You know, I want to go back to one thing on the offense is what do you think of the passing game today? Riders ends up twenty out of thirty four, one hundred ninety nine yards. I mean, it's not super good numbers, but what do you think of 
What, what did you see today, and what do you think long? Is there any concern long term? Do you think, or is it just a matter of these guys kind of, I don't say easing into it, but shaking off a rust? I think. I mean, I definitely think with Nelson, it, it was a little bit of a rust. So, you know, again, that that took a while, but you know, like again, at, at one point, Rogers was what two two for five for eleven yards, and you know, at the, was that at the end of the first quarter, or you know, yeah, close to it. So, you know, it, it was a little. You know, you're watching, and that, that was a little bit hard to watch. And, again, you you can't help but see how that game's starting and start kind of playing back in your mind, you know, should they handle the preseason a little differently? Are we just seeing, you know, the the obvious eventuality when you don't play your quarterback and your star receiver enough in the preseason? Um, again, it started to get better. I think you saw Randall Cobb make a few plays. They used him out of the backfield, too. Um, again, you had that long pass with Cobb, the one where he uh, – you know, where he bobbled it and fell and caught it. Um, it was nice to see Devontae Adams. You know, again, Devontae Adams had the one, uh, you know, hit him right in both hands. You know, and, and how many times have we seen that? And you're just, again, you're kind of thinking, here we go again with Devontae Adams. You know, is this guy going to live up to his potential? Is he going to play like the guy we, we thought we had when he was a rookie? Then he gets that touchdown. You know, suddenly you start feeling a little bit better about him. Um Richard Rodgers had that good catch. Jared Cook, I maybe thought, would have been a little more involved than he was. But I think overall, I didn't feel too good about the passing game in the early going. I definitely felt a lot better at the end of the game. And and I think if week two starts picking up from where week one left off, they're going to be okay. You know, Adams is, I mean, he'll make your hair go great white, won't it? I mean, for for the record, he said that that pass is deflected. No, I didn't see it. But obviously he was closer I mean, he was right there. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's right, but I mean, he said it was deflected. So we'll, we'll see, but it didn't look like it. It did not look like it, but I guess I'll defer to the guy who was right there. But anyways, they got a hell of a lot of weapons and I I think they're going to be fine in the long run. I mean, you know, breaking news there, but I don't know how as a defense, if Rodgers and he's in Nelson and if, well, if Nelson becomes Nelson again, I don't know how on earth you stop these guys. And, you know, for all the talk about how good Finley was, Jared Cook has got a chance to be twice as good as Finley ever ever could be. He, you know, Finley's a great yak guy, but Cook is just Cook's more of that whole package kind of guy. And I know he's never put it together, but he he seems like a pro bowler to me. And I and and I think Cobble bounced back because of Nelson and, and Cook. I I just think you, you and you mentioned to me what it's. I think it's the lack of a preseason, but I don't know how you. If you're McCarthy, how do you handle the preseason, right? I mean, you don't, you don't want to get your guys killed in a meaningless game. I think I think this is just kind of the uh, what you have to deal with, right? Yeah, you know, I've never, I don't know that I've ever watched a preseason and been so convinced at the end of it that the NFL eventually needs to go to preseason games and just an 18-game regular season schedule. And I'm sure that can be that could be a topic for a whole other podcast. But again, I think there, there has to be a more effective way to use the preseason. I mean, Bill, you know how much these guys get evaluated just from, from practice and from training camp. The preseason games serve a need, but I mean, the, the way the Packers used it, it, you just, you wonder what they're even, what they're even doing. So I don't know. Again, I think you, you get what you get. You, you trust Rodgers. You, you know what he can do. You trust Nelson and you know what he can do. But I mean, I think the way they, they, call back the contact in practice, that they limit the practice, and now you're limiting the preseason, I do think you need to see you need to see more of those guys working together, whether it's 
you know, Rodgers and Nelson or, or any quarterback and, and receiver on any other team, but especially in a situation where a guy was out for an entire year with an injury, um, you know, again, you, you build that chemistry on the practice field, you build it in the film room, but you also have to build it when the bullets are live and, and in games. And I think that's, you know, they're going to need a couple games to really, I think, work themselves back into the, the pinnacle of the Rodgers-Nelson connection. Yeah, I, I believe Rodgers, you know, a few times during camp, including last week, he, he said there, there's more value in practice reps than in preseason reps because he's going up against Capers defense, which is really good, and he's going up against Capers scheme, and he's going to, you know, let's face it, in the preseason, he's probably going to face lesser guys and almost no scheme at all. So, you know, I believe that. But then you watch what happened on Sunday, and you think, well, maybe there is something to be said about these preseason games. And, and you do have to get out there and, you know, run three or four series or, you know, over the course of a couple of games. Just, uh, I don't want to say it happy yeah, feet, I mean, but it's just didn't, it just didn't seem right. It's, it's tough. I mean, I mean, I get that. He, I mean, for sure, he's going up against guys in the secondary and, and guys overall on defense against his own Packer defense that are better than what he's seeing. He's going up against better schemes and, and than what he's seeing in the preseason, but he's also not going up against guys that are trying to take his head off. He's not going up against guys that are, you know, really trying to bust through that offensive line and get to him like their life is dependent on it. So I think that's, that's what you're missing a little bit of, you know? What well, wasn't missing was the defense. You know, I, I, you look at the stats, they, you know, they end up giving up a, you know, quite a few yards, and they, and they give up you know, the 23 points, but... You can't help but come away impressed with what, with what that defense did today. I think, I think Jacksonville's got a really good offense. I think they were finished like seventh in scoring last year. It's a good group, and, and Green Bay's defense really controlled things throughout. Oh, yeah, they absolutely did. And I'll, I'll tell you what, the, the guy that, that jumped off the field and, and jumped off the screen to me early in the game, though, was, was Joe Thomas. I mean, right. he, he was right in there on some key plays. And, you know, I, I think – you know, one of the storylines through preseason was, I think, Carl Bradford, and, and justifiably so. And was he going to make the team? And was he going to beat out Thomas? And of course, none of us were thinking Barrington was going to be let go at that point. But they end up keeping three inside linebackers. Thomas is the third. He's actually on the field for, you know, some really meaningful snaps. And man, he's he's right in there on some key plays. You know, starting with that that interception. That was a that was a huge play, and I feel like that really came out and set the tone. You, you, the, 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 uh, the teammates must feel the same way. I mean, you, you saw Latroy Guy and carry him off the field at the end of the game because oh, you know yeah. he, he was part of that seven-man gang tackle of Alan Hearns at the end. I think I think we all assume that Blake Martinez would be the the three-down inside linebacker, and there's Joe Thomas, kind of the you're right, a total afterthought in the preseason. And he played well all preseason, but he, he was still an afterthought. It's uh, you know it's, it's typical of Ted Thompson draft and develop right where it's just these guys you've never heard of who has to go in football games and. And Thompson brings these no names in, and the coaches somehow turn them into good players. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently Joe Thomas did not get the memo that uh, <laughs> Martinez is the the starting the starting guy, and also the uh, you know the the future of the linebacking core and the lone guy in the dime. So he's not uh, he's not conceding anything to anyone. And I'll tell you what, if he if he's going to be out there making plays like that, I mean he's he's going to earn more time on the field, and and he should be on the field. Well, if Thomas is your you know guy, to me the, the surprise in the highlight is, is the run defense. Where and this is why I thought Green Bay would lose, and I, and I realized that that Ivory going into the hospital, you know, impacts this. But mm-hmm. 
you know, I didn't see anything out of Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and Christian Ringo to make me think that those guys could stop the run. I mean, not that they were bad. I just think they, I didn't, weren't sure that they were good enough. Yeah. And I thought ultimately they'd get run over in the fourth quarter. Where here's Jacksonville at the end of the game. They've got 48 yards on 26 attempts. Now, I did the research on this. 1.8 yards per carry. It's the fourth time since the start of the 2010 season that they had a lot less than two yards a carry. An unbelievable performance. I didn't see that coming. Wow. Well, I mean, for starters, Bill, again, kudos to you, and, and that's why Coach McCarthy calls you stats. That's right. Um, but that is, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize. It. I, again, you, you watch it, and you know it's good. You don't realize it's that good. That's a, that's a stunning number. That's a stunning statistic. But you're right. These guys in there that, you know, either, either because they're young or, you know, really have no expectations. A guy like Christian Ringo, who, you know, I'm not sure either of us had him making the final roster. Again, they're in there and they're making plays and they're holding it down. And again, the, the way the game started off, I mean, TJ Yeldon had a couple runs, including that touchdown where he came right over haha Clinton Dix and knocked his helmet off, where you're thinking, oh no, this is, this, you know, this is going to be a problem today. And man, they just, they started stopping a minute. And at one point they had a, I don't know if they ended up with six or seven tackles for loss, but they were just all over it. And again, in that heat, and when, again, another, what was another storyline from, from training camp, Bill? It was how thin they were on the defensive line and were they going to be able to, you know, was that going to be a position where they pick someone else up, you know, somebody else's discard after final cuts? And, you know, they, they basically stuck with their hand and, you know, they stuck with some of the young guys and, and guys that were unproven. And, I mean, this, this is a game all those guys should really feel good about themselves. Obviously, Adrian Peterson's a whole different ball of wax coming up on Sunday. We'll, we'll, we'll be there to uh, almost call it the Metrodome. It's been, that's two stadiums ago. Whatever the hell the place is called, we'll be there for it next Sunday. But you're right. This has been a terrible run defense for a long, you know, even the Super Bowl year, they, they were, you know, I think they gave her like four and a half yards of carry. So, oh, yeah. you know, if these guys can play anywhere close to this, you know, they're, they're going to rush the passer like crazy. They're going to intercept passes because that's what they do. To me, what, what separates what they've been the last few years or the last several years to what they need to get to is the run defense. And again, it doesn't need to be 1.8 good, but if they can just be 3.8, I mean, just, just make it so it's third and five more often than it's third and two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta, you got to put yourself in those, in those uh, you know, 50-50 situations where it's not, you're not giving, giving the Vikings an AP an easy, you know, third and two, third and three, where they're, they're going to get that more times than not. They need to get them in those third and five, third and six, and make, make a guy like Sean Hill put the ball up in the air and, you know, again, certainly kudos to the Vikings who who pulled off a win today. But you know that was as much their their defense as anything. But it, they're they're in for a, they're in for a tough fight. I mean, Adrian Peterson is, I mean, he's in a, he's in a, a class by himself, and, and they always have a tough time with him. And I think it's, you know, I, I think it's always a matter of you're not going to stop Peterson, but can you slow him down enough that he doesn't kill you? And can you force them to do other things? and take advantage of that. And, and again, the way they were hawking to the ball today, I mean, I like their chances. You mentioned hawking to the ball. That last play, they had seven guys in on that tackle. It's funny that you look at the game book, it goes, it's a solo tackle to Demarius Randall, and that's all it's mentioned, but it's, it was Randall, then it was Hyde, then it was Burnett, then it was Perry, then it was Thomas, then it was Dayton Jones, and Clay Matthews was there just in case he got away from those other six. But you're right. 
you're going to need to get all those guys to the ball against Peterson. This is it's a it's a hell of a good start, and it's I don't, I don't you hate to say it for one game, but it's it's a new it, it seems like a new attitude, and it's it's a it's a badly needed thing. It, it is, and and you know you, we you mentioned a couple of guys built that we hadn't talked about yet. I thought Nick Perry had a great game. I thought Nick Perry Nick Perry was in there. He had a lot of fire. I think he's showing why he was the guy they kept and why he is the guy that they are going to go with a little more, you know, with Julius Peppers getting older, they, they want to conserve him a, a little bit to some degree. So, you know, Perry got in there and made some plays. Clay Matthews came flying in on that one sack. I mean, he, he literally was just flying through the air and hit and hit Bortles. So, I mean, you, you love to see that in the first game. There were so many good things that happened on defense. Demarius Randall, you mentioned, made some tremendous plays. Really, the only, the only, glaring, really black eye on defense, I think, was a couple plays by Quentin Rollins where, you know, the the first play, I think it was, uh, you know, I, I forget which Allen it was, I think it was Robinson that burned him bad with a double move, and, and then I think later on it was Hearns, but, you know, they, they really, aside from those two bad plays by by Quentin Rollins, and then I think Ladarius Gunter also got taken advantage of by one, oh, it was Julius Thomas, the right, yep. Rollins on the second one on the touchdown. And then I think Robinson got Gunter on one later. But really, aside from those plays, I mean, Bortles hit on some big plays. And then early on, you had the uh, the screen to Mercedes Lewis, which was just an excellently blocked play. But you take four plays out of the mix, and I mean, that was it. So Bortles ended up with some good numbers, but it really was just a couple plays. And other than that, this defense did a tremendous job. Yeah, you mentioned Rollins. You know, Rollins missed a tackle on the screen, too. So he... I mean, he he played horribly, got himself benched, but then at the end of the game, Shields goes out with a, with a concussion or a a suspected concussion, and, and and there's Rollins breaking up a pass in the end zone. It's uh, yeah, it's it's all hands on on deck, and I I really like the second year. I know Rollins didn't play well, but at least he's in position, right? I mean, unless it's oh yeah, so yeah, for sure. And, and normally, I think I think we both like Rollins a lot. I mean, he's he's a great guy. Yeah, the the one play, the pass breakup. I feel like you saw that uh, you saw that basketball skill set where. You know, he just he went up and he kind of pushed the ball up, and it ended up hitting the receiver in the in the face mask and, and kind of bouncing over him. It was a, a little bit of a jump ball in the end zone. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely a, a great play, a, a redeeming sort of play. So, you know, again, I think when when you see a defensive performance like today, we're we're really being a, a, a little ticky tacky and you know scraping for something to something to give him to work on. But you know, Rollins has had better days, but. You know, again, he that, that was definitely a, a redeeming sort of play, and and again, that secondary that secondary looked really sharp. You just you hope now that Shields is okay. So obviously, a huge week two game coming up against the Vikings. Did anything that you saw today bother you heading into that game? Um, you know, I I don't I want to I want to feel really good about about what we saw today. I think there was I think there was so much to build on. Um, I think the passing game is going to have to be a little sharper. I mean, that Viking defense looked really good. You know, you've got great guys that they've got. You know, Harrison Smith, you've got to be smart. So I think that rust needs to continue to come off from Nelson. I think we need to see Cobb continue to play well. Cobb is such a better player when Nelson is on that field. And, again, I think I think Jared Cook, to, to what you were saying, I think he can exploit that defense too. So, you know, it's, it's holding, you know, making it a slow bleed from Peterson and, and not letting him gash you on those big plays. 
And then I, I mean, I definitely think they can score on that defense. They're going to, they're going to be amped up opening up that new stadium. I mean, it, it certainly, it, it, it looks beautiful, and you know, I, I can't wait to see what they do there. And you know, the crowd's going to be fired up. But if Green Bay can go on the road and, and win this game in a hundred degree heat, you know, I, I think they can do it again next week. Yeah, I, I think winning this game is. It's huge. I mean, you're, you, don't, you don't want to be 0-1 going there because you're right. That place is going to be amped up. and I don't care. Their quarterback's bad, whatever. But they're going to be some sort of fired up, and the defense is so good that I just think that maybe not over the long haul, but at least in the short term, they'll, they'll probably be okay. And you, you hate to fall two games behind the Vikings right off the get-go. So just from that perspective, I think winning the day was huge. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, and, and it's funny. This is uh... – you you said yourself, you know, we we let off this podcast where you said that you picked Green Bay to lose. I think a lot of people, when they look at the schedule, if you think this is a schedule that you can get, you know, 13 or maybe 14 wins out of, I think people were pretty excited about how Jacksonville played last year, especially offensively. I think they were excited about Bortles. I think with the defensive acquisitions, a lot of people looked at this game and said, yeah, I can see Green Bay dropping it on the road. You know, early in the season when that heat is going to be a factor, and instead they went down there, and I think they got some great momentum. And I think getting some of the plays they got from some young players and some unexpected players, and Joe Thomas, and you know, seeing Jordy Nelson, you know, not not look like Jordy Nelson of old, but get that touchdown. Seeing a guy like Devontae Adams, you know, make a, a, a great diving play, and seeing Aaron Rodgers with. You know, what What I think we both think is, you know, probably one of the finest passes he's made in his career with Jalen Ramsey pulling on him. you got you got to feel good about yourself. So I think they go into that game with momentum. You know, Minnesota, again, they're going to they're gonna feel like they have the momentum too, and they're going to feel like they have an advantage being at home and opening the stadium. But I'll tell you what, I think if, if Green Bay goes in there and starts doing what they were doing today, I think, I think that's going to quiet down the crowd pretty quick. All right, Keith. Well, I can't wait for Sunday. Appreciate your time coming on, and uh, enjoy your weekend. I will see you Sunday in uh, whatever the place is, U.S. Bank Stadium, whatever it's called. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll, we'll figure out the stadium sometime shortly before we pull into the lock. <laughs> That's right. When in doubt, it's called the Metrodome. Everybody will understand. <laughs> that sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, Keith. We'll talk to you soon. All right. There. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.